0: Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, welcome if you're new here, if you're visiting. it's great to have you with us. My name is Sim, Sim Dendy. I'm one of the leaders here and it's really great to take time this morning to focus our attention. Our attention is something the world is after. I was reading this week, that one of the senior executives of Microsoft said these words, we're learning to live with partial attention. There's always something else going on, normally in our hand, held by three fingers and the thumb on top, while we parent or we work or we engage with whatever else we're trying to do. There's always something else going on. And I want to have your attention for a few minutes, or more accurately, I want to point your attention towards Jesus himself. Last week we spoke about pursuing Jesus. We we looked at Ephesians chapter 2 and we remember we talked about saying that you are a masterpiece. You've been designed. You may not feel like a masterpiece this morning. Maybe everything isn't quite working as it should be. But God says you are his masterpiece. And then it goes on in Ephesians 2, talks about the church being this incredible group of people built on the cornerstone of who? Jesus Christ, that we are built on Jesus Christ. And we talked last week about pursuing Jesus, a new year, a new start. We talked about the importance of staying close to Jesus. We stay close, we see more clearly that beautiful line we sang this morning, that as we focus our attention on Jesus, the rest of the things in the world, they're still there, but they just dim down a bit as we focus on him. And as we have this common purpose, we have a common sense of unity. Pursuing Jesus. But when we pursue Jesus, change happens. When we pursue Jesus, things change. I want to ask you a question this morning. Who loves change? A little show of hands if you love change in the room here. Thank you, all six of you. You love change. Now, the rest of you you didn't put your hands up. Never a good thing to say this, but you're all liars. All right? People love change. They just don't love change enforced change. You don't love change, you say, okay, how about who would like to have a nice brand new car? Yeah. Suddenly change is a good thing. Yeah, I'd like a new car. Who'd like a new house? Oh, I'd like a new house. Okay, I'll, I'll make some change, new house. Who wants a new haircut? I'd like to go for haircuts. Oh, change suddenly, that's a good thing. Uh, who'd like a new outfit? I want to go shopping, get myself some new fashion going on here. Suddenly, what a new body. Oh, yeah, this is the new thing, people, I'm telling you. The rise of non-invasive and invasive plastic surgery in the UK is blown out of the water from last year. People are after new things. You know, we're saying, oh, we're not going for body shaming and what kind of bullying online, but I wouldn't mind a little kind of trim or a tuck or something or other. And if you want to know more about that, there's a few people in the church who might want to help you with some of those things. Anyway, I'll say no more, but i see some of them looking at me. And lastly, what about having, you know, we don't want anything changed change. But, oh, new baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. The biggest change agent of them all. We don't love change, but oh, little baby. Oh, suddenly everything changes. Our car has to change for a start. You know, our our sleep patterns change. Everything changes. We say we don't like change. The truth is we just like change that we want to happen. We don't like enforced change. But let me say this to you today, that when we follow Jesus, everything changes. We are designed to be changed. We were built to change. We were not meant to stay the same. If you have children, you'll know what happens when relatives come and see you, typically Christmas time, they'll come and visit, and they say, oh, haven't they changed? Or haven't they grown? It'd be very weird if they didn't. Think about it for a moment. If your child was still a child, for 10 years that said the same things, did the same things, looked the same after 10 years, that would be a bit strange. We are actually people who are designed to change. And we're fascinated by change. Just the last few weeks on social media, some of you will be aware of this, the decade challenge. And the challenge was simply this. You put up a picture of what you looked like 10 years ago with a picture of what you looked like today. And if you're a celebrity, you try and make them look as similar as possible. That's the plan. And everyone was fascinated by people's decade challenge. Oh, look at their picture. Look how they used to look. We are fascinated by change. When the royal family this week made an announcement of a change they want to make, it's front page of every newspaper. We're reading about it. We're interested. We're talking about it because we are fascinated by change. Change is normal. Change should be expected. We're designed to be changed What changes you? What things make a difference to you? What really, really brings change? Is it all the adverts around Romsey for the half-price gym this month? Does that affect you as you feel slightly overeating over the Christmas break do you do that? Or maybe it's the social media. Does that influence you? Or the people are putting stuff out there? Is it um, the fact that there's all marketing and TV adverts? Is it your peer pressure from friends? What changes you? What really encourages you to make changes? You see, we're often drawn to make external, visible changes. We often talk about people who have made those changes. You have it all, seemingly, on the outside. But I think the truth is, we're often mostly inspired by people who are consistent, who are comfortable with who they are, sitting in their own skin, being who they're meant to be, and we just wish that maybe we could be like them. Change is something we aspire to have, and we struggle and find different ways to get it for ourselves. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 tells us as followers of Christ to go into the whole world and make change, to make disciples, to preach the good news, to tell everyone about the story of Jesus Christ, to lead people in the pursuit of Jesus, to see lives and communities transformed. That's the phrase we came up with last week, to see people Actually, their lives transformed. We don't want to see people stay the same. In the same way we just mentioned, we don't want your, you know, small children to stay as small children. I don't want people who follow Jesus to stay the same for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. One of the uh, courses I'll be running this course, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Got that one right. And I'm going to run it, and it's designed specifically for people who feel a bit stuck in their spiritual growth. If you're somebody who's been a Christian for a long time and you feel like I'm just going through the routine every day, get on this course. Let's find ways to engage with a fresh form of spirituality on a daily basis. We want people to encounter Jesus. And here's the thing. If you encounter Jesus, change must happen. Change will happen. In fact, I'd even be as brave to say this. If you don't see any change in your life because of your Christian faith, I would question whether you fully encountered Jesus. Jesus, the son of God, who died and took our place. Jesus, who was there at the very beginning of time, who helped with his father God and the Holy Spirit as they made heaven and earth. If you've met and encountered God in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, it's impossible not to be Transformed. And we're going to look at some of that this morning. 2 Corinthians says this, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new, new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. If, if you meet Jesus, everything changes. You become a new creation. And I was doing some reading this week and I read this, this article about one of the challenges of change can often be the church itself that sometimes we are so busy in church land with all the different activities. I, I love what we're selling this morning. Get yourself into a small group. But we can say, you know, join a group, get on the serving team, participate in this, help with this. We get so busy, we forget why we are doing what we are doing. When the church incessantly promotes all the things people should do, it's very easy to lose sight of our real goal, which is who we should become. The doing is to serve what we are becoming. If we are just busy doing and never transforming more into the likeness of God, I challenge us, myself as a leader here, are we doing things that are bringing change? Or are we just very busy doing lots of stuff? I want to see people meet Jesus, reconnect with a Father God who designed them in the first places. And I am committed to seeing each and every one of you discover what a whole life transformation looks like when you encounter Jesus. And it will be different for every single one of you. I'm looking around this room, I see so many stories, so many lives, so many people facing challenge and facing exciting opportunities. But I know that when you meet Jesus everything will change. And there isn't one size fits all. We are all different. We are all still made in the image of God, but we are all different. And so I want to point to you today five different changes that I believe takes place when we encounter Jesus, when we pursue Jesus, when we discover Jesus for ourselves. Here are some of the changes that should be taking place in your lives. You ready for this? Yeah. Five things. Number one is I believe there is an internal change. Stuff Changes inside of you when you meet Jesus. Your mind changes. Romans 12 says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's how you get transformed, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and Perfect. And perfect. Jesus wants you to change your thinking. The world's way of thinking and God's way of thinking are very different. The world says, me first. God says, put God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. Something has to change. And one of the first things to change is our internal change. Our soul, our mind, the way that we think the way that we operate behind closed doors. If you are someone who's pursuing Jesus, it starts with your thought habits changing. When you are by yourself, what do you think about? Do you focus your attention on things of God? It will change you. It will transform you in the internal change. Secondly, I believe if you follow Jesus, this is an obvious flip side to this, there is an external change. I think Christians should be, the most joy-filled, obvious people on the planet. I know some Christians have got this incredible ability to put the joy, 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 joy of the Lord down in their soul. Where? Deep down in their soul. So deep their face doesn't know anything about it. I think the church should be a place of joy. The church should be a place where we know that when someone's following God and pursuing him, it changes their persona. It changes the way they look at things. I remember a number of years ago, I was in a church worship band. And we could have, go a whole load away with that. But I was this church worship band, and we'd meet every Monday evening to practice the songs for the following Sunday. And we'd meet up every single Monday, and we'd go, what are we going to sing on Sunday? We'd learn all the lines, and off we all went. But there came a point where we stopped practicing, and we started worshiping. And all of our plans went out the window. And sometimes we would just drop our instruments and we would just sing and we would just worship. And I remember, I can picture it so clearly. There were moments where we just would be laying out there, enjoying the Holy Spirit. And God changed us. He made a difference, not just to our internal person, but externally as well. And a really good friend of mine, Andy, was a senior management manager of an IT firm. And we know people who work in IT, what they're like. He was very ordered and very controlled, and he was known as Mr. Miserable. But when we went through this experience of encountering God in a fresh way, he had colleagues come up to him saying, what has happened to you? You've changed. And this is what he found out he was called Mr. Miserable. He didn't know that. And they went, we used to call you Mr. Miserable, but now we see your face, and you're so happy. You're smiling what's taken place There's a physical change takes place. I believe that Christians, if we are truly following Jesus, tell your face. We should know when we see people that they're enjoying life because they are full of God. I'm going to prove it to you by using a famous children's storybook, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Beautiful. The Caterpillar is designed to change. Its design, its purpose is for change, an external change. You know the story, the hungry caterpillar eats loads of beautifully drawn fruits and you know pieces of whatever it eats and it just takes pages and pages and if you're really clever as a parent you can skip a few pages without your child noticing and eventually you get to that final page where the caterpillar becomes a butterfly and the caterpillar turns into a beautiful butterfly. It's designed to do that. It's made to change. It's got an external change taking place and throughout nature you see this metamorphosis taking place of tadpoles becoming frogs and caterpillars becoming butterflies. We are designed to change on the outside as well. The Bible talks about going from glory to glory. That if we are made in the image of God and we are desiring to become more like him, transformation takes place. We cannot stay as small babies. We have to grow into kind of more like glory to glory. Or in the voice uh, version from 2 Corinthians 3, it says this, and this is coming in the context. Paul, the writer here, is saying, "Remember the story of Moses. When Moses would go see God, he would have this encounter with God, and his face would shine, and it would be so um, like bright. He would put a veil across his face so people could handle talking to him, because otherwise, about Moses, calm down a bit. Your face is out of control." And he was loving being filled with the glory of God. And so Paul is writing to the people who understood this history of Moses and the story of being full of the glory of God. And he says these words Now, all of us, with our faces unveiled, reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. It's a challenge, isn't it? How often does your face reflect the glory of the Lord? as if you were a mirror. We are being transformed, metamorphosed into his same image from one radiance of glory to another just as the spirit of the Lord accomplishes it. We are becoming something greater. And here's a slight challenge to you. If we go back to that image of the very hungry caterpillar, can I say this really carefully without offending anyone but maybe a little bit offensive? We become what we consume, think about that for a moment, we become what we consume, the hungry caterpillar consumed an awful lot of food and it became a butterfly, what are you consuming because it will affect what you're becoming and I'm not actually talking about food right now, although that will have that effect as well, what are you putting in because it will affect your external change. Number one, your change will come internally through the mind. Secondly, there'll be an external change. Three, that as we pursue Jesus, there'll be another transformation. There'll be a faith change. People who follow Jesus discover a new level of faith. You think about all the stories in history in Hebrews 11, what's often called this kind of, this canon of, of heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see through their faith. The people in days of old earned a good reputation. Not because they were good, but because they were full of faith. You look at the story of Abraham and Sarah, who became Abraham and Sarah. They were lacking in faith, but God said, you're going to have a child in your old age and you're going to see descendants like the numbers of grains of sand on the seashore or stars in the sky. And although they were lacking in faith, it happened just as God said, and millions of people can connect themselves right back to Abraham and Sarah. Transformation of faith took place. Or what about the, Gideon? who was? He said he was hiding from the enemy in the bottom of a pit and God came to him. He said, who am I? I'm the weakest of the weak. I am of the weakest clan, of the smallest family. I am insignificant. But within a few chapters, is standing up with his hand-picked army of 300 people. And he's defeating the Midianites and shouting, for God... And for Gideon, his faith changed. All about Peter, the famous disciple that we all kind of realise, oh, I'm so glad Peter's one of the disciples. He gives us all hope because he jumps in with both feet. He's always making mistakes and he's always a little bit quick with his mouth before he thinks things through. And what does Jesus say to Simon? He says, you're Peter and you are the rock I'm going to build this church upon. He sees what he's going to become. The rest of us probably wouldn't have got Peter past the entrance exam to join our building organisation or clubs or anything we're involved with. we said say oh, he'd never make it, but Jesus saw what he was going to become. And he said, you're now called Peter, no longer called Simon, your name has changed changed. Who you are is changing. And Peter goes on to become one of the most significant um, leaders of the early church after Jesus goes back to heaven. Everything changes. Your faith changes. Or what about Saul, who was a hater of the followers of the way, the people of Jesus? He was trying to stone them. He was trying to put them in prison. He was trying to end them. And on the Damascus road, the power of God meets with Saul and says, everything changes when you encounter Jesus. And still has this encounter and his name changes to Paul. And he ends up writing pretty much half of the New Testament of the Bible. Because he met Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, things change. Your faith changes. It takes faith to pursue Jesus. It takes faith to have a Christian life. And to believe in something that you cannot see. But Philippians 1 reminds us this. I am certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work. This is good news until it's finally finished on the day of Christ Jesus' return. God's begun something in you and he will finish what he has started. Keep pursuing Jesus and see what changes. There'll be an internal change, external change, faith change, be an attitude change. There should be a change of our attitude. This 13 says love is patient, love is kind And yet sometimes we can say, yes, we're loving, but we're always in a rush and we're not very kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. Our attitude needs to change. I think it's one of the most challenging things. You look at Galatians chapter 5. It talks about these gifts, sorry, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. How are you all doing out of nine? It's tricky, isn't it? But I believe that we should be transformed as we pursue Jesus. There should be a transformation taking place. And this is the fruit of that transformation. You can tell everyone you're changing, but this will prove you're changing because you will change the way you do things. Your attitude will change. The way you treat people will change. The way you treat yourself will change. I was given a a few books for Christmas. One of them was a beautiful book uh, drawn by a man called Charlie Mackersy. Charlie Mackersy is an artist who, he says, never read a book in his life. But he's become one of um, the bestsellers in 2019 through Waterstones Bookshop. And he wrote or drew this book, a stunning book. Um, It's a bit like Wind in the Willows-esque or Winnie the Pooh type of thing with some great thoughts. And he writes these words, if you go to the next screen there. He says this, what do you want to be when you grow up? kind, said the boy. I love that. When I grow up, I'd like to be kind. I'd like to be kind consistently. I'm kind sometimes. I'm kind to people who might be helping me out in some way. But am I kind to those nearest to me? Am I kind all the time? Is my attitude changing or is it still my old man? When we meet Jesus and encounter him, everything changes. You know, fruit comes from the very seed that gets planted. But then fruit becomes a seed for further fruit. If you are loving and kind to others around you, what does it sow into them? Loving, kindness, peace, joy, gentleness, patience, self-control. As we change our attitudes, it changes those around us. It makes a difference. And if I can say this as well carefully, and I'm sorry if I'm offending people, well, I'm not sorry actually. I'm not sorry at all. I'm only sorry if you get offended and don't change. You just get offended that nothing gets achieved then. But here's the thing the Spirit of God, who is the giver of gifts, is the same Spirit that gives the fruit. And here's a challenge to any of us who wants to move in the gifts of the Spirit. You want to speak in tongues, you want to prophesy, have words of knowledge. All those things are great things. You should aspire for such things. But if you have the gift of prophecy, but you do not love, what's going on with the Spirit? It's one spirit. One spirit that gives the gifts and gives the fruit. The attitudes have to change. It is not good enough to say, I don't care about that stuff. I am who I am. I'm not changing anymore. You know, I've become who I've become. I'm going, no. A calling to walk the Jesus walk requires us to change. And none of us are too old or too stuck in our ways to encounter Jesus and see something changed. I pray, God, may I not be stuck in my ways at the age I'm at, that I can never change to become more like you. I want to keep on becoming glory to glory, to keep becoming more and more like God. And one day, through Christ's return, I will reach perfection. Not yet, but one day. All right, It's okay. We're on the journey still together. And the last thing of change here is we've got the internal change, external. We've got a change of our faith levels, change of our attitude. And here's the last thing that I've been learning about a lot these last few weeks. One of the books I've been reading is our change of rhythm. And this is something I would love to talk about a lot more. I think that when we meet and encounter God, our whole routine and rhythm of life should change. When we are focusing our attention upon the giver of life, the source of life, creator God himself, it should affect everything about us. You Pursuing Jesus changes how we walk. It changes how we walk. In the same way, if you ever have a chance to do this, make sure it's your own child. But if you ever go for a walk with a small child, if you go for a walk with a three-year-old, and let the three-year-old guide your journey. Let them point out things that they can see that you walk past every day. Your walk will be very different. You'll walk slower. You'll be more aware of what's going on around you. In the same way that when you walk with Jesus, I love that quote from Henry Ford, those who walk with God always reach their destination. That's a lovely image. I'm not sure why Henry Ford, the designer of the car, is talking about walking. Um, But maybe that's before he invented the car, I have no idea. Those who walk with God always reach their destination. Or in 1 John 2 it says those words, the one who says he resides in God ought himself to walk just as Jesus walked. When we encounter Jesus, I believe it will change the way we walk. It will change our rhythm, our habits. You know, transforming lives is not a competition. It's not who gets there first. It's the changes happening day in, day out. It's not a hurry. It's a process. Pursuing Jesus is not a chase. It's not a, it's not a race. God is calling us to walk with him to walk his way, to walk alongside him. Psalm 46, don't strive, stop striving. Just know that I am God. Sometimes we want God to know that we're okay, but he's like going, please don't do that. Please just stop striving to become something you were never designed to be. Just allow me to be God. Or Psalm 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. Sometimes we're so busy sorting out our own paths. That we're not acknowledging him. When we pursue Jesus. Everything changes. Let's get the worship team up here shall we. As we bring things to an end. When we change. Because we are followers of Jesus. It changes those people around us. When we see our lives transformed, it will transform our communities. Galatians 2 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. It's not you. It's Christ in you. The hope of our nation, the hope of this world is not you or I. It's Christ in you and I. We change We reflect the glory of God, so we make a difference to those around us. We're not just designed to be changed. We're designed to bring change. We're meant to change the environment. We're meant to change the atmosphere. We say here about influence, that we believe every person can create change. That's true. Every single one of you can make a difference everywhere you go. We're designed to make change. And I believe that as our lives change, As we go through those different chains, internal, external, our attitude, our faith, seeing all those different aspects of our life change, it'll affect the places we live. It will transform our communities. It will affect your family house. If you are living in a home where people don't know Jesus, don't try and leave Bible notes everywhere. Don't do that. Just, just watch your attitude change and see the implications on those around you. If you want to change your workplace, start doing kind things, showing love for others, going out and taking the shift that no one else wants to take. Offering to do things that no one else wants to do. Making difference. When you're out and about in streets and you're in shops and you're talking to people and interacting, bring change. Know that Christ lives in you. And the hope of the world lives in you. You are agents of change. You carry the fragrance of Jesus everywhere you go. And you change the atmosphere by your very presence. You are scattered servants that go from here and reshape everything around you. Whether you realise it or not. It doesn't just stop at the encounter moment or the gather moment or the grow moment we're called to influence and make a difference to change the world and it's not just by talking about Jesus it's about being Jesus by bringing all that change that's going on inside and outside of you and allowing it to affect the world you're in are we up for that? As us all stand Shuri, and I want to speak over you a final well-known scripture Because I don't want the church to be the blockage of what God has called you to be. I don't want us to be so busy we forget why we're here for. And so Jesus spoke these words on the Sermon on the Mount overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Thousands of people were gathered and he spoke these words to the people listening. And I want to speak those same words That Jesus spoke, these are red letter words and I want you to in fact encourage you close your eyes for a moment and to to hold your hands out you're receiving something fresh and new from God, Uh, hear these words not from me but these are the words that Jesus himself spoke while he walked on earth and he pointed at the crowd and he said these words, let me tell you why you're here (laughs) let me tell you why you're here you're here to be salt seasoning That brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness, will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. The God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that i will put you on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Now that you've been put on a light stand, shine. We are designed to be changed. We are designed to bring change by shining the light of God everywhere we go. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.